God together. Father, thank you for this amazing opportunity we have to study your word today. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much that you wrote a book about yourself so that we wouldn't be intimidated by you, we wouldn't be afraid of you, but that we would love you, that we would understand your heart for us and how much you love us. We're so grateful for that. We believe as we open up this book of all books, we open up this inspired word of God, we thank you, Lord, that, that, your, that your word will come across with clarity, with accuracy and simplicity so we can immediately apply it to our lives. I thank you, Father God, that what's in my heart today will fully come forth and communicated clearly. And I thank you for every heart that's here today in the room and joining us online, that our hearts are open to receive um, what you have to say to us today. We give you all the honor, all the glory and praise. And all of God's people said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Again today, I have the privilege of standing before you to share vision today. Last week, we started uh, a new series called, in our mandate, The Courage to Pioneer. I feel like these next three weeks, last week, today, and next week, I have the privilege of, of being a visionary. One of my uh, great joys is to be able to share vision with you. And so uh, I thank you for receiving it that, as that. Thank you for opening up your hearts and, and listening very carefully because I believe some very important things will be said uh, to, to your hearts today. You know, I think it's always incredible that the last three mandates all started with the word courage. What is God trying to get across to us? What's he trying to say? That every year, the, the mandate would start with courage, right? The courage to connect, the courage to grow, and the courage to pioneer. I think that is so amazing to me, so insightful that God would help us understand that in order to live in the days that we're living in today, we need courage. We need courage as a child of God. We need courage as a man of God, a woman of God, a young adult, a teenager. It requires courage when you live in a season where there's crises and tension and uncertainty. My goodness, courage is so necessary when the church is under attack, when our values as Christians are under attack, when, when the enemy tries his best to undermine God's plan and purpose for your life. It requires courage. It requires us to step up and not be afraid and step up and realize that Without courage, we can't get it done. Amen. And we, we've learned that, and we understand the, the power of that. If you haven't discovered it yet, you soon will. It takes great courage to follow God's plan for your life. The bigger the dream, the bigger the courage. The bigger the opportunity, the bigger the courage. The bigger the idea for your business or the bigger idea for your, your life, your career, college, university, family, children, whatever it might be, the bigger your desire, and I believe we have some serious dreamers in the house, we have some people that believe for big things, that you serve a God that wants to do mighty things in your life, well, if you believe that, then courage is necessary. It doesn't matter how crystal clear your vision is, if you don't have the courage to pull the trigger, it's never going to come to pass. We absolutely must have courage in the days that we're living in. We understand that. That's why if you're going to obey God, you need to have courage. Let me remind you of a few things that we said last week, our definition of courage, the ability to confront fear in the face of pain, danger, uncertainty, or intimidation. I'm going to say I make a statement, listen very carefully, and then you need to declare that over your house, no fear here. Say it with me. You remind your kids, no fear here. 
You need to remind your husband, your wife. You need to remind yourself in prayer. You need to remind yourself when you're facing the checkbook and you're wondering where the money's going to come next. You need to remind yourself when you're standing in faith for your health or standing in faith for your family or whatever it may be. No fear here. See, the courage the pioneer understands that there will, we will feel fear. We talked about that last week. We will fear it. We will feel fear, but we are not giving in to fear because courage confronts fear. That's what we do. That's who we are as IFC. We confront fear, and we stand our ground and believe God for his highest and best. See, the church has never been in a greater need for more pioneers of all ages and backgrounds to step up and lead the way. It's during times of crises and chaos and change that separates the pioneers from the settlers. Amen. I don't want us to settle. We are not settlers. We are pioneers here at IFC. It started with a pioneer spirit. It's going to continue with a pioneer spirit. And until Jesus comes and takes us home, whatever the case may be, we will continue, come on, with a pioneer spirit. That's just God's plan. That's the anointing and the plan of God that's on us as a church. Amen. We are, we are, we're not ashamed of it. We are excited about the privilege of being pioneers. What's the definition? We remind you of what a pioneer is. A pioneer is someone who opens up and explores a new way. That's us. Someone who takes the lead or the initiative. That's us. Someone who prepares the way for others. That's us. Someone who digs through the obstacles to make it easier for others. Come on. That's us. That's you. That's me. That's who we, that's what we do. That's God's plan for us. That's what God has set us apart for. That's the, the assignment and the, the importance of understanding this mandate, the courage to pioneer. We talked about last week the Gideon 300 and, and how God took Gideon's army down from 32,000 to 300. Now, what was it that changed Gideon's life? Think about it. What changed Gideon from an afraid um, person hiding in the wine press, feeling insecure and inferior, feeling he was the least of the least, his family was the least, he was the least in his family. I mean, he went on and on talking about how, how little and least he was. What changed him to become an Old Testament judge and a mighty general? What happened in his life? What transformed him into this insecure, hiding person to a strong, mighty judge over Israel and general? You know what it was? When he heard the words of the Lord say, thou mighty man of valor. Didn't look like a mighty man of valor. Didn't act like a mighty man of valor. Didn't believe he was a mighty man of valor. Had showed no exterior uh, personality or obviously anything about who he was, that he was a mighty man of valor. But God said he was a mighty man of valor. And when God calls you a mighty man of valor, whether you believe it or not or know it or not, you are a mighty man of valor. When God speaks to you about how blessed you are, when God speaks to you about his plan for your life, when God speaks to you about the anointing and the assignment and the purpose of your life, if you'll just adjust like Gideon did, you can also step up and be the man and woman of God that God called you to be. Amen. That's what transformed Gideon's life. And we know the story of how, how God used him 
and, and God's commands to go from 32,000 to an army he was facing of 145,000, if that wasn't enough, it went down to 300. And God is calling us in this season of pioneering to not allow fear and uncertainty to stop us. When the Lord said to Gideon, have everybody in the army that's afraid go home. 22,000 up and left. I wonder how many would leave here. If God told us, all you that are afraid of being a pioneer, all you are afraid of this next season that we're about to step into, all of you that are afraid to live in such a time as this today, I wonder how many of us would leave. Amen. Hopefully I'd still be here. And I believe you'd be here too. Amen. Because we know that even though we feel fear, we don't give in to it. Oftentimes we just have to do it afraid, don't we? And not let anything stop us or limit us. Here's what we learned. That Notice with Gideon, it wasn't the strongest or the bravest that God chose. God chose the ones who would not give in to fear and the ones that would put their trust in him and were on high alert, sensitive to God's instructions. Amen. Amen. Welcome to the IFC 300. Amen. Oh, I know we're more than 300, but you get the point, and this is who we are. And so today I want to talk to you um, and, and, and help you understand that in order to have the pioneer spirit, in order to be courageous enough to pioneer, you have to learn how to deal with change. Change. Pioneers just don't overcome once, and then they're done. Right? They don't just pioneer one thing and they're over with. No, they pioneer, and then we hear from God, and God begins to show us and guide us, and out of change, we pioneer again. Pioneers aren't just one-time shots. Right? We just, we're not just a one time in this whole thing. See, Ecclesiastes tells us, and Ecclesiastes 3.1, uh, in both these translations, it says, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Everything on earth has its own time and its own season. I don't know about you, but my wife and I love seasons. That's why we love New England. Right? We love New England. We love the seasons. There's something about the seasons that, that makes something, every season has something different to it. Every season is a new beginning. Every season, when it's springtime, and then it's summer, and then now it's fall, one of our favorite times, and the leaves will start to change, and, and so forth, and snow will be in the air at some point, right? The chill will be in the air, but there's something special about seasons. It doesn't stay the same. Um, and, and, and while there are winters that I wish it would kind of stay the same at 75 degrees with a south wind blowing, wouldn't that be nice in February and March? Um, but there's something about seasons. Well, God is a God of seasons. We have to understand there's seasons in your life. Not one season will last forever. Not one storm lasts forever. Every storm is time dated. Every storm has a beginning and an end. This won't last forever, whatever's going on in your life right now. Isn't that good news? Right? There's a beginning and an end. God understands seasons, something fresh, a new beginning, a new start, right? New opportunities, something that we didn't have before that we can have now because of seasons in our lives. And while we live and breathe on planet Earth, over 7 billion of us human beings share the same inevitability. We all have to face change. 
The same was true of everybody who existed in the past, and the same is true for everyone today and anyone born in the future. Change is a principle of life. It's a way the world functions. It affects every one of us. In one sense, change is proof that you're alive. Dead people don't change. Dead people don't grow. Right? Only people that are alive grow and change. Only people that are alive have the privilege of changing, the privilege of understanding the power of change in our lives. Amen. Everything that you go through is a manifestation of some type of change, and it's just a simple part of life. We experience four different types of change in our lives. Number one, change that happens to us. Every one of us, things are happening to us in our personal lives, our families, our career, and so forth. Whether it's expected or unexpected, this change affects us and happens to us. Number two, change that happens around us. Man, more, more than ever, right around us, change is happening every day, isn't it? In our neighborhoods, in our nation, uh, in our world today, internationally. Change happens all around us. Number three, change that happens within us. We're growing. We're changing. We're, we're dealing with issues in our own life as we grow older. And how many know the sag is real? <clears throat> what does that mean? Well, ask your neighbor. They'll explain it to you. Um, while this outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day, right? So there's things that happen uh, inside of us and within us. And finding number four, change that we initiate. And see, that's the plan. That's the goal that every one of us would understand how to initiate change. Let's, let's camp out there for a little bit today to help us understand how do we initiate change? How do we implement something, a plan, a purpose in our lives that will move us from our present position to a preferred future? How do we do that? It's a good question. So here's the question for the day. Is change your friend or your enemy? Is change your friend or your enemy? I, I'm here to tell you that probably the majority of us in this room today and watching us online most likely has been more your enemy than your friend. Right? Let's be honest. And the older we get, the more enemy it seems to become. So we must understand, we got to think of change as your friend rather than your enemy. What would happen in your life? What would change for you if you saw change as a friend versus a foe? As a friend versus an enemy, what would change? What attitude adjustments? What would you step into? What would you be able to possess? What would you be able to live in? What opportunities would be available to you if change became your friend and not this, un, you know, this unwelcomed enemy? Change is not the kind of friend who will sit around with you at a pity party. But it's a friend who will encourage you to be the best you can possibly be. I believe God wants us to see change as the arrival of an opportunity rather than an invasion and destruction. Amen. Change is the arrival of an opportunity. And that's what pioneers look for. We look for opportunities. We look for the arrival of opportunities. We are sensitive. We don't let fear. We have this sense of high alert. We have this sense of sensitivity that we are open and willing to say, okay, God, when you bring something into our lives, when you speak to us clearly, when you help us to see uh, uh, the arrival of this opportunity, that we will no longer see change as an invasion or a destruction in our lives, but 
this opportunity. Since change is inevitable, and it's all pervasive in our lives, why is it that so many of us react to change as a threat? Why is that? What is it about our thought process? What is it about our experiences? What is it about the drama in our lives? What is it about the things in our lives that would, that would constantly interpret change as a threat in our lives? Many people um, live contently um, with change and welcome it. We do it all the time. Every one of us, we wear the latest styles. We, we use the newest technology. We employ the easiest methods to accomplish everyday tasks and so on. So on one hand, we welcome change. We welcome the fact that we can go from the iPhone 7 to the iPhone 12, right? We, we welcome the fact that we can get a, a different kind of oven or dryer or microwave or the latest styles. We want to wear those Yeezys, right? We want to wear whatever it is that uh, the new Jordans and whatever the case may be. See, we all, we all desire. Mo said, what? Um, and we all desire that. There's something about that. We, every one of us welcome those things, yet when it comes into our lives, change that is, and we didn't expect it, and we didn't come, it didn't come the way we wanted it, we take it personal, and the bottom line is that we are double-minded when it comes to change. While we accept it on one degree, we are against it or feel very uncomfortable in another way. So we are so double-minded when it comes to change. Good change can come, but we don't want that change that makes us feel uncomfortable. We don't want that change that points a finger at my soul to say that needs to change. Or you can't live that way any longer. You can't do that any longer. You can't keep talking like that. You can't keep hurting people. You can't keep living your life the way you want to. You know, when you know that God is your, Jesus is your Lord and God has a plan and purpose for your life, there'll come times where we have to say, what, well, it's time for me to change. I got to grow up. You can't be a 40-year-old teenager. Right? You gotta, somehow you got to grow up, and, and we recognize that maturity is not an age thing. Maturity is the acceptance of responsibility. So when will you accept responsibility? When will you realize and learn that this change that God's trying to bring into my life is not because he's mad at me, not because he's upset with me. He loves me too much to leave me the way I am. That's God. That's his plan for you. That's his purpose for you. Amen. Therefore, Oftentimes, because we are double-minded when it comes to change, and we are not prepared for it, and it's something that we, are, we feel like we're not, not naturally skilled in, therefore, we learn the hard way of change. And we learn the hard way by being a victim of change. When God never intended for you to be a victim of change, God wanted you to initiate change, see God's plan for your life, and not by experience learn the hard way. How many of us have learned the King David way? I have. I might have not committed King David's sin. Let me tell you something. We, we've all learned the hard way, haven't we? We've all had to learn through the bumps and bruises, and man, that hurt, and that left a mark, right? And so we, we, we've learned certain things. Sometimes we have to learn the hard way, but God's trying to say there's, there's a way that we don't have to learn King David's way. We can learn by understanding the word, by growing in God, by being responsible with God's plan for our lives. Am I in the right room today? Yeah. Amen. See, listen very carefully. Change transports the present into a future 
that demands a response. Change transports the present into a future that demands a response. What's the res what will your response be? Yes or no? Positive or negative? Willing or unwilling? Excited or uncertain? Anticipation or stress? Energetic planning or emotional shutdown? See, change demands of us an answer. Demands of us that we say, what is it that we're going to say about change? Personally, um, family-wise, corporate-wise. What is it that we're going to address when it comes to that? So how we react to change has greater consequences to us than we may realize. That's why it's essential that we oversee change rather than become its victims. And that's why we must initiate change rather than be left behind by it. Because change is marching on with you or without you. Change has an agenda, especially God's change. It has an agenda. And will you come at, will you come alongside God's agenda for your life? Will you change with God? Will you change with the seasons? Will you do that part? Or will you be left behind? Will you, will you not experience the blessings that come out of obedience when it comes to the willingness to change and to be all that God wants us to be? So here's some different ways we approach change. Number one, people watch things happen. Right? They're passive. They're indifferent. They've had no real interest. Yeah, whatever. Then there are people that let things happen. They feel fatalistic. Nothing I can do about it. It's going to happen anyway, so what, what am I going to do? They just kind of let things happen. Then there are people that ask, what happened? <laughs> right? They're clueless. Hey, they're, they have no clue. They're like, la, la, la. They're full of their own drama. And, and their own little sphere and world, and, and that's all they know is just themselves. And in their selfish way, they're just clueless. And what, 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 what happened? <laughs> Number four, people defy what happens. They live in denial. That's not going to happen. I'm not believing God for that. And, uh, and, and we just live in denial that it's actually a possibility and that it actually has happened. And finally, what we really need to be is people who make things happen. People who make things happen. People that are on the cutting edge. People that say, that's me. I'm willing to change. I want God's best. I, I want a better way. I want a better life. I want a better family. I want a stronger relationship. I, I want more of God. I want that promotion. I, I want that thing that God wants to do in my life. I, I'm willing to allow that to take place. And so be, because of that, we, we, are, we, we, we make it happen. We're the world changers. We're the ones that are willing to roll up our sleeves and get our fingernails dirty and not afraid to sweat a little bit for God's plan and purpose, because we know if it's God, it's good. Amen. And so we're willing, and we say, let's make this happen. There's a verse of Scripture that pretty much all year long I've been hanging out in, and it's Isaiah 43, 19, which I believe fits perfectly for this courage to pioneer and us understanding change. It says this, behold, pay attention, listen up. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in a desert. I love this. Notice, please, that God did not say, hey, hey, back in the day, I did a new thing. He didn't say, hey, I will do a new thing. What's he saying? I am. I am doing 
a new thing. It's a now thing. It's not a past thing. It's not a future thing. It's a now thing. And it's important that we always are tapping into the now thing God is doing. We don't want to live in the past. We, we, we rehearse and are grateful for the past. We rejoice over the testimony of the past. We're not afraid of the future. There's no dread about what is yet still to come that we don't know about. But God wants us in faith today, understanding what am I doing now? That's the purpose of a pioneer. We discern the now. We discern the today. We discern what God's into. Amen. God's into it. And when we tap into God, we tap into his flow. We tap into his plan. We tap into his purpose. There's a now thing God is doing. It's a new thing. But to experience it, you have to turn your focus away from how we've always lived our lives in the past and now tap into the now. Failing to do this will result in a life of fully of, of disappointment and regret. We don't want to miss what God is doing now. I don't want to miss the day of my visitation. Do you? Absolutely not. I don't want to miss the day of our visitation for IFC, for your family, for, for your future, for what God has planned for you. Notice God is always ready to do something new in our lives. He's always trying to promote us. He's always trying to increase us. He's always trying to give us more. And it's interesting that God asked the question, do you perceive it? Just because it's happening now doesn't mean you got it. Just because it's now doesn't mean you're making room for it. Do you perceive it? Are you going to make room for this new thing? And that's the question for us today. IFC, that's the question God is asking each one of us today in the room and watching online today. He's asking us, will you perceive it? Will you not know it? Will you not make room for this new thing in your thinking? Don't miss what I'm doing. Pay attention. Stand alert. Get out of tension. Open your ears, your spiritual ears. Open your spiritual eyes. Get your heart prepared because I desire to do something new. It's an invitation from God to step out of the old and step into new. Will you receive the invitation? Will you accept the invitation? Will you be willing to go with the invitation? Don't be distracted by all the drama around your life and miss this God new thing, miss this new adventure, miss this new opportunity for promotion and increase and blessing. Amen. Oftentimes, the only thing standing in the way is our willingness to think differently. Don't get stuck in your rut. If God's in it, let's change. If God's not, then obviously don't. Understand something that the only thing that stands in our way of that next new thing God wants us to do is our thinking. Can we adjust our thinking? Can we make an, an adjustment knowing that God's ways are what's best for us? He loves us too much to hurt us, and he's too wise to make a mistake with our lives. Do we have the capacity to think differently? Oh, Lord, what do I need to change in my life? Should be our prayer. Lord, what do I need to change in my thinking? What do I need to change in my attitude? What do I need to adapt and adjust in my life so I don't miss this new thing that you're so long to bring into my life? It's a new thing, meaning this new thing, as good as the old thing was, is better than the old thing. Otherwise, it'd be the same thing. I'm going to bring the same thing into your life. How exciting is that? I already have that. Been there, done that, bought the T-shirt, right? This is a new thing that he's doing, so that means it's better than the old thing. 
It's better because God knows how to promote. God knows how to do what he does best. It doesn't mean that there won't be challenges. It doesn't mean that there won't be spiritual warfare attached to it. It doesn't mean that it'll get us out of our comfort zone. It doesn't mean that we might have to use muscles that we've never used before, if you will. But the only way for you to move forward in life, regardless of the circumstances, is to be willing to initiate God-inspired changes in our lives. Changes I'm sure God has been dealing with you already. I'm sure by no surprise, suddenly you're hearing this for the first time. If you have been any kind of prayer or any sensitive to things of God, you realize that God is, is making this demand on us, this request of us, and we have to say yes of those personal things that we need to adapt and adjust so that we can be all that God wants us to be. See, we've been through many changes over the years. Think about it. Each one um, uh, uh, ordered by God. We think about in our past. We think about where we've come from. You know, when we changed our name, 1999, to change the name of a church is pretty major. We changed our name to International Family Church, right? Uh, We've changed locations. We've had many different buildings until God opened this amazing miracle for us. So we've had building after building in in many different cities as we went on. How how about the hairstyles? We were looking at some old pictures, and my wife had some serious change in hairstyles. (laughs) Right? Let me tell you something. We should have bought stock and hairspray. Right? The the poofy, the long, the small, the the big, the the blonde, the whatever, right? (laughs) Right? Lots of different hairstyles. Right? Building changes, staff changes. It goes on and on. But the point is, we've been down this road before. The thing is, we're not rookies at this. The thing is, we've learned, we understood, we've seen the hand of God. We've seen God move. We've seen when we've said yes, what God did on our behalf because we agreed to go with God's plan. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. There's one that I want to say uh, uh, that's that's very quickly that that really many of us understood. Many of us that were here for it, for it in, in the end of 2010. You know, we as a church in context were kind of a sleepy church. We were maintaining we weren't necessarily reaching the next generation like we desired to, um, and there was some discontent. We weren't near as healthy. I mean, we were a strong church, there's no doubt about it, but we were not near in the place that God wanted us to be. I remember at the end of 2010, my son came to me, like only your son can, and he says to me in regards to change, in regard to will we or won't we, and he said to me, he says, he says Dad, do you want to be a one-generational church? Wow. No. He said, well, if we don't change, we're going to be a one-generational church. That means death. That means become a mausoleum, a museum of something of the past. And of course, man, that, that so got my attention. And then around that same time, Jamie Jamie Jones, our drummer and, and our, our very um, apt, you know, band director and, and worship leader and helping us in, in so many ways, wrote me a letter that only a spiritual son can write. So I had two sons that, that came alongside and Jamie wrote a very strong letter to say, We're, I'm, I'm with you. Whatever changes we need to make, I'm there with you. We can do this together, Pastor. We can do this and we can make it work. And then we know that from 2010, we're experiencing the fruit of that today. The fruit of reaching that next generation. 
the fruit of God's plan, the fruit of God's purpose, the fruit of what we see today. You're part of that fruit. Your family, your testimony that you have, you're a part of the answer to prayer. As we said yes to God, God helped us to step up and God helped us to walk in a whole new realm of authority and and our worship here and, and our community here and our hospitality and all of it came out of that season that radically changed International Family Church. Wow, I'm so excited about that. Now today I want to give you a full picture as we begin to bring this to a close, a full picture of our mandate, the courage to pioneer, that I haven't been able to give you up till now. And so it's time that, again, that we here at IFC embrace the change for our future. Here we are again. Is change our friend or is change our enemy? Are we going to say yes to change? Or are we going to resist change? Are we going to initiate change? Or are we going to cause it to say, no, uh, uh, it's, we don't want it. We, we, we can't handle it. So for the next few minutes, I'm going to ask you please to remain in your seats and please listen very carefully uh, of what we're about to say. Please uh, welcome my wife as she comes to the platform. Honey, won't you join me? <clears throat> With the same joy and confidence that we started International Family Church 40 years ago, It's with that same joy and confidence that we now make a very important transition up into the season of International Family Church. I want you to listen very carefully about what I'm about to tell you. We're not retiring, and we're not leaving. I should say it again for those clueless ones who didn't hear me We are not retiring, and we are not leaving. Amen. That's very important to understand that. However, we are stepping up into the next phase of the call of God upon our lives. In January of 2022, we'll be transitioning out of our role as lead pastors of International Family Church, and we'll be passing the leadership vision on to pastors Josh and Stephanie Roberts. Amen. Woohoo! Yeah, come on. Amen. Ver and I, you may be seated, thank you. You'll be up again. Vern and I are going to be transitioning into our new role as founding pastors. And Pastor Josh and Stephanie will begin their new role as lead pastors. Amen. You see, transitions are necessary for God to take us where we are into a better place. Can't do without transition. Amen. New season, new harvest. New season, new opportunity. If we can say yes to God's plan, it's amazing what God can do that would just be so amazing as we honor God and say yes to change. Yes, we are very excited about this and our hearts are full of joy, as Jonathan said. You know, uh, church consultants say the average pastor stays at a church for three years, maybe five years. People, we've been here for 40. 
okay? <laughs> We've been here for 40 years. That's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And, and during the month of November, which is will be our 40th year anniversary, we'll share stories and some of the history and, and go back and go over that. But, you know, the number 40 is really significant is. in Scripture. You see the number 40 with um, uh, Moses, with Jonah, with Elijah, um, and in the life of Jesus when he was in the wilderness. And every time the number 40 had to do with either transition in a season or a repositioning. And that's exactly where we are in this yes. 40th year of IFC, transitioning and repositioning. And as you said, back in 2010, we started asking ourselves a lot of questions about the future of the church. And, and for us, IFC was never about the, the Del Turco family. This isn't a family business. This that's is right. the work of God. This yes. is kingdom business. This is his church we're building. And so we began to ask God about what was next to... Who would take our, our places? Not that we could be ever replaced, never. never. <laughs> but, but who would be next? Who would be our successors? And uh, during the course of the years, I mean, many of you know the Roberts family has been family to the Del Turcos and family to IFC. And I know most of you are watching now. We love you, all of the Roberts family. We love you and you are family. But we've known Pastor Josh since he was four years old, everybody. Four years old he was when we first met him and his family, and uh, they've been around for a long time. So maybe to some of you he's new, but he's not, he's not new to us. And uh, recently, it's about, probably about six years ago now, maybe a little more than six years ago, Josh and I were having a conversation, and in this four-way relationship, Jonathan and Stephanie are the silent ones, and Jonathan, Josh and I make up for their silence because we talk a lot. Anyway, and we cry a lot. We talk a lot, and we cry a lot, don't we, Josh? Help and, us, and he and I were having a he and I were having a conversation on the phone, and they were in a season of transition, and I was sharing with him what was happening here and what our needs were, and that was the end of the conversation. And he called back one time, and we were chatting again, and he said, "I believe we're supposed to come." To Boston, and I said, Josh, you know, we have no money in the budget. There's no money to pay you, and that's just the season we're in right now. And then a, subs a subsequent conversation, he said, I don't care about the money, which caught my attention, not because I'm executive director, but when you talk about you don't care about the money and you're going to move your family across the country to a strange land, that's the spirit of faith, people. And that's exactly what we were looking for. And that's exactly what they did. They, little Hunter was a year old, and they sold things, and they said goodbye to their family, and they came here with no family. Of course, we're family, but you know what I mean. Uh, no, no support, no promises of, of anything. Stephanie, yes, precious little Southern Belle. Stephanie comes to this foreign country where people talk funny, and it's cold, and she loves the, the, the hotter, the better for her. Um, the one salvation was we have beaches everywhere, so that was okay. But she followed the lead of her husband, and he led them here. God led them here, and I'm so glad that you said yes to the call of God yeah, to bring you here. Thank you. And during this season here... 
During the years as we began to work together, we saw the things that were really important to Jonathan and I for the future of IFC. And one of them was the spirit of faith, for sure, because this church was born with a spirit of faith. And we needed somebody who had a love for the nations and for the world, and that was in them. And we wanted somebody that loved the worship and presence of God, and that was in them. We wanted somebody that the word of God was the priority, regardless of whatever any other contradictory source, information source would reveal that the word of God would have priority, and that was in them. And most important of all was following the Holy Ghost and the move of the Spirit, and that is in them as well. And so we are so blessed as the church moves on into the Amen. future to reach a new generation Everything this ministry was born out of will be taken into the next generation. And Amen. we're thrilled for that. Pastors Josh and Stephanie, come join us. Come on, welcome them, please. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Thank you. You may be seated. The way we're saying this, it's very important that you hear this. They're not taking our place. They're taking their place. Nobody can take our place. There's only one founding pastor and his wife, right? There's only one founding pastor's family. That's right. Founding family is what we're calling it. Um, because our children and our grandchildren have a big part to play in all that God has done. We honor my daughter and my son as well and my grandchildren and their spouses. Thank you. And it's very important that we understand today that, that um, as, as they take on this lead role, we'll take on a role of advisory, a role of overseer. Um, I have both Josh and I, Pastor Josh and I, have covenanted together to be partners for the rest of our lives. The four of us are going to work together for the rest of our lives. We believe, Vernon and I, we believe that we have the maturity and we have um, the security to be able to come along and support and not get in their way. We really believe we have that kind of strength. We really believe that we have that kind of security. I've told so many people over the last several weeks, telling minister friends and others about this and, and so forth, that I've never been my title. I've never been what I do. So take away the title. I'm not going to fall apart and go in depression and be, have, be in crises because I'm bigger than my title. Amen. And as the title changes, I don't change. We don't change. We simply set up as servants to obey God. Why don't you share what we're going to be doing more of, honey? Yes. What, what's been in our hearts and always part of the vision of IFC in, in our hearts as well is to... Uh, one day get to the place where we could give ourselves to training leaders, training pastors, and supporting ministry families, which are in crisis. 1,800 churches in America every month close down. Pastors are facing serious depression. Families are in trouble. 
And so suicide is a big thing now with uh, church leaders. And so our beginning years of marriage were rough years. And we said, if we ever get to the point in life where we can give ourselves to helping churches and families, we will do that. And here we are in this season being able to do that. So we're all moving up. We're not moving out. We're moving up. Jonathan and I are moving up into a new place. Pastors Josh and Stephanie are moving up into a new place. The staff is moving up into a new place, which leaves a vacancy. And that is you as the body of Christ all step up in your serving, in your praying, in your giving. Get involved and help us reach this next generation for Jesus Christ. We're believing for revival. We're praying for God's move in our young people and in this church. And together, we're committed to see this come to pass. Yeah. Amen. Um, I want to challenge you before Pastor Josh shares. I want to challenge you. Let's each of us take our place. We've never needed you more. We've never needed your gifts, your abilities. We've never needed um, that, that longing in your heart, that opportunity that you know it's inside your heart. This is a great season for us. And I believe it's going to be a, a very powerful season. I'm looking forward myself. I'm looking forward to serving this man of God. I'm looking forward to outserving all of you. Amen. That I, because I know what God desires to do, I have no problem coming up under the leadership of this man of God and his wife to know that we can all work together and all offer our gifts and abilities so that we can fulfill the will of God and the plan of God. And I believe if we could all do that together, what in the world does God have in store for International Family Church in 2022? Oh my, I wouldn't miss a day if I were you. Amen. Go ahead, Pastor Josh. I want to just say thank you, number one, to Pastor Jonathan and Verna uh, for being true trailblazers, pioneers, 40 years of legacy. I am who I am, my wife and our family, uh, because of the deposits, the impartations that you put in us over the years coming up here in our families doing life together. So it is our greatest honor to carry this torch and continue the spirit of faith for IFC and all that he wants to do through this house. And to our family here at IFC, you know, we came here five years ago. We didn't know anybody and you welcomed us as family. And so for the last 21 years of ministry, we really felt like that was preparation time for this moment to step into this season, to, to lead you and to serve your families into what God wants to do through us as a collective body. And so Amen. we're asking for your prayers. We're praying for you. And we say this, the best is yet to come together. Amen. 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 Thank you. Oh, we're going we're gonna to pray. I'm going to ask Barbara and Steve to please come up and they're going to pray over this. And won't you stand to your feet, please? And uh, let's reach out our hands as we pray and, and, and seal this and commit this to God and commit this to God's plan and purpose. Yes. And uh, we are grateful for God's purpose today. You know, Pastor, you challenged us a moment ago. Uh, say, will you make room? And I just hear the Spirit of the Lord saying, will you just give me the whole room? Yeah. Don't just make room. Give him the whole room so he can move and do what he wants to do. We are today who we are because we prayed into this place. And the words that I hear in my spirit over and over this morning was just like, you've laid the track for this and you're seeing the fruition of what you prayed for so many years ago. And now the prayers need to join in and lay some more track because we've seen this and beyond. 
And I believe that Pastor and Vern are stepping into that apostolic call of oversight and that we have prayed out for years. So we're standing right on the edge of things that we just believe that we would see in our generation. And now your generation is joining with us. And together we're going to see the fruition of what God wants to do. And I believe we'll be caught up in this generation. But we got to get caught up now caught up by the spirit father catch us up catch us up and and with all that you're doing just let our lives be caught up with the forward motion right now with you for what you want to do in the days to come father we say we don't just give you room we just give you the whole room we give you everything you we just give you room to do and space to do what you want to do through all the me the many giftings that are here now in this house those that we called in from years ago as we called for callings now they've come and there will be more in the days ahead but those that have come to obey that call for the callings now they'll step into place and together we will run our race and we will finish it with joy joy unspeakable and full of the glory for these are the days of your glory father these are the days of the demonstrations and the manifestations of the signs and wonders of god that you've held for this time we've been poking at it in prayer for years father and you said when it hit it would be like a big huge pinata it'd be like a a a glory-filled cloud there would be more signs and wonders and miracles and salvations and harvest in it than we'd seen in all of our lifetime so we're expectant and we're thankful father god for this house that has been built upon a solid rock that the gates of hell will not prevail against it i thank you father it won't be shaken in these days it's on a solid rock father it's been built with such solidity of the word father such solidity of the spirit and now we thank you father that we can grow from here and become all that you called us to be in jesus name glory to god you know for 35 years we have been praying for this church for 35 years we have seen this day and beyond we have prayed for this day and beyond for you to step into this calling this calling it's 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 something that's been prayed out and about over you and so and i want to encourage you that God has given you a mantle to step into, to pick up. You've already had a mantle from the fact that your father was a minister, your grandfather was a minister. That has passed down to you, and now that mantle of being a pastor and being in that place, I pray, is going to you in the double. Amen. (laughs) The double portion. And your mantle will double that you're stepping up into. That mantle will double because we have prayed it out. We have seen this day, many days, and and not like we tried to push you out of being a pastor, but as we prayed, we saw it. God prepares things in prayer so far in advance. And we we may not have seen the details, but we've seen the overall picture. And this is the proper place. This is the proper time. This is the proper season to do this and 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 we're stepping into unknown for us right now but prayed out yes long ago (laughs) amen Amen. i agree agree. thank you you. 23rd somebody asked is the vision of ifc going to change the vision of ifc is not going to change it's embranded in their hearts they have it 
The only thing that changes is now the vision has tattoos and motorcycles attached to it. So, love you. Hey Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Pastor Josh, Pastor um, Mo is going to come and close the service. I want to just remind you of something very special. This coming Friday night, as you heard, is team night. And because of the announcement that was just made, all the more, this coming team night will be a very important team night for every dream teamer to be a part of. So if you're on any dream team, desire to be on a dream team, maybe just started next steps or you want to start next steps so you can be a part of a team here at IC. Why don't you come out Friday night? Let's be a part of this. I believe it's going to be a very important night. You can register online. Um, and today is that deadline. So we want to encourage you to make sure that you do that today. You know, we'll have many of opportunities um, to share. Uh, I want you to write down the date, January 23rd, 2022. Um, is going to be a very special service that, that we will all be together. Uh, one service, that'll be our, our corner, our torch passing service. It's going to be a great, great time of celebration. A lot of our family and friends are going to come from out of town. And we are going to party and we are going to celebrate the goodness of God. Um, so we're super excited about that. We'll let you know more about that, but get that date down so that you are here. And you have to know that it's been our greatest pleasure. Good news is we're not going anywhere. I told somebody the other day, we're not dying. You're acting like I'm dying. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not dead. I'm not dying. We're going to stay here. We're going to be here. Um, still part of this life of this church. But you've got to know it's been our greatest joy and honor to have pastored this church all these years to be the lead pastor. There's been no greater honor for what we have done. You have made it in such a way that has brought such joy in our hearts. And we'll have more opportunity to share our heart and our feeling and the emotion that we have over all of you. We sure do love you. We sure do appreciate you. Spread the good word. God's doing great things here at IFC. We love you. God bless you.